observation. Mom gives me a kiss and pulls her face away but keeps her arms around me. Something came up, she says, her voice even, controlled. Ambassador Chow Walker's flight was delayed, and she managed to squeeze me in for three hours at the airport. I had to walk her through the details of the solar management plan before the Shanghai Forum next week. It was important. It always is, Dad says. Mom's arms tense against me. This has always been their pattern, even when they used to live together. Unasked for explanations. Accusations that don't sound like accusations. Gently, I wriggle out of her embrace. Look! This has always been part of the pattern, too. My trying to break their pattern. I can't help but think there's a simple solution. Something I can do to make it all better. I point up at the kite, hoping she'll see how I picked out a fairy whose face looks like hers. But the kite is too high up now for her to notice the resemblance. I've let out all the string. The long line droops gently like a ladder connecting the earth to heaven, the highest segment glowing golden in the dying rays of the sun. It's lovely, she says. Someday, when things quiet down a little, I'll take you to see the kite festival back where I grew up, on the other side of the Pacific. You'll love it. We'll have to fly then, I say. Yes, she says. Don't be afraid to fly. I fly all the time. I'm not afraid, but I nod anyway to show that I'm assured. I don't ask when someday is going to be. I wish the kite could fly higher, I say, desperate to keep the words flowing, as though unspooling more conversation will keep something precious aloft. If I cut the line... Will it fly across the Pacific? After a moment, Mom says, Not really. The kite stays up only because of the line. A kite is just like a plane, and the pulling force from your line acts like thrust. Did you know that the first airplanes the Wright brothers made were actually kites? They learned how to make wings that way. Someday I'll show you how the kite generates lift. Sure it will. Dad interrupts. It will fly across the Pacific. It's your birthday. Anything is possible. Neither of them says anything after that. I don't tell Dad that I enjoy listening to Mom talk about machines and engineering and history and other things that I don't fully understand. I don't tell her that I already know that the kite wouldn't fly across the ocean. I was just trying to get her to talk to me instead of defending herself. I don't tell him that I'm too old to believe anything is possible on my birthday. I wished for them not to fight, and look how that has turned out. I don't tell her that I know she doesn't mean to break her promises to me, but it still hurts when she does. I don't tell them that I wish I could cut the line that ties me to their wings. The tugging on my heart from their competing winds is too much. I know they love me, even if they no longer love each other. But knowing doesn't make it any easier. Slowly, the sun sinks into the ocean. Slowly, 
the stars wink to life in the sky. The kite has disappeared among the stars. I imagine the fairy visiting each star to give it a playful kiss. Mom pulls out her phone and types furiously. I'm guessing you haven't had dinner, Dad says. No, not lunch either. Been running around all day, Mom says, not looking up from the screen. There is a pretty good vegan place I just discovered a few blocks from the parking lot, Dad says. Maybe we can pick up a cake from the sweet shop on the way and ask them to serve it after dinner. Uh-huh. Would you put that away? Dad says. Please. Mom takes a deep breath and puts the phone away. I'm trying to change my flight to a later one so I can spend more time with Mia. You can't even stay with us one night. I have to be in D.C. in the morning to meet with Professor